the honest to God truth is that cryptocurrencies have value because people believe they have value and they're willing to buy them and sell them on, on, on the market. And as long as that's the case, then they'll, they'll continue to have value. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. For today's episode, we're going to jump into understanding how blockchain and cryptocurrency are changing the business landscape, some of the challenges and opportunities this tech provides as it becomes more commonplace and accepted. To help us, we have with us Dennis Lewis, a seasoned digital storyteller and blockchain marketing specialist, also CEO of Greenlight Digital. He's tackled this topic on Fox, CNN, NBC, and Good Morning America, to name a few, and is also a blockchain investor. Dennis, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chad. It's a real pleasure to be here. Looking forward to a great conversation. Excellent. So before we begin, we always like to ask a question to help our audience get to understand you a little bit better as a person. Uh, and we'll get into blockchain, know you're passionate about that, but always interested to learn, you know, people that only know you through work, what are you passionate about? They might be surprised to learn about. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, if we get, you know, so many different things, I guess I could, I met my wife teaching her ballroom dancing. How's that? Oh, wow. Good one. So, uh, yeah, I could, uh, if, if the blockchain things go wrong, we can always do a cha-cha-cha or something. <laughs> ballroom dancing. Do you do it competitively? No, 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 no. That was a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Thank you for that. So now how about a um, little bit of background on Greenlight Digital? Set the stage for our audience. What do you guys do there? Sure. We are a boutique uh, marketing agency. We work with, uh, we work with a lot of uh, startups, a lot of tech companies, and pretty much lately for the last few years, we've been pretty much dedicated to the blockchain space. So, uh, but we, you know, we do content marketing, we do social media marketing, we do community building and management, you know, pretty much a full suite of, uh, you know, services. We can help with fundraising, driving leads, that sort of stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I shouldn't assume that our audience uh, understands what blockchain is. I probably have enough of an understanding to be dangerous. So I want to set the stage and kind of start with a high level explanation from your perspective, you know, layman's terms of what blockchain really is. All right. So yeah, let's, let's just give it a real broad view. You know, in, in terms that I think any entrepreneur, any business person will understand, a blockchain isn't anything more than an accounting system. It's a way of recording data and making sure that data is always available. But it, it's built in a way that is unique and very powerful because it's decentralized. So what I mean by that is there's no central server that controls the database. It's just uh, spread out among literally thousands and thousands of different computers all around the world working together to maintain that database and its integrity. So what that allows is to become uh, enormously resilient. There's no single point of failure. There's no, uh, once a transaction is recorded, it's recorded for all posterity. It can't be, it can't be modified. It can't be hacked. It can't be changed. So there's a, there are a lot of uh, strengths to the technology underlying 
you know, blockchain. It's also uh, obviously less, you know, it, it's more in resource intensive. It takes a lot more computing power to, to, to decentralize a database all around the world, all over the place, but it, it provides benefits. And well, it, may, it sounds like it makes it harder to cook the books. <laughs> it makes it literally impossible to cook the books. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I guess that you know, for for most of it, that's an advantage. Uh, for 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 a few, maybe that's a disadvantage. <laughs> and what was it about the tech that drew you in? I mean, we we've all heard you know, cryptocurrency was was the big kind of front running discussion point, but we it's blockchain technology underneath all of that that makes that possible. What was it that drew you in? Yeah, well, like a, like a lot of great things in life, it just sort of happened. It wasn't like I was, you know, uh, studying the industry and decided to, to, you know, with a with a with you know three years ahead of time to get prepared and get in. It was actually uh, a friend of mine called me up one day and said, "Hey, I'm running this uh, blockchain company. We're going to do this thing called an ICO. We have no idea about marketing whatsoever. Can you help us?" <laughs> And I just kind of uh, kicked off my flip flops and jumped in the water, and uh, we did it. We raised uh, we raised some money for that project, and since then we've probably raised close to fifty fifty million dollars for different projects and since uh, over the last few years. And when you say ICO, that's initial coin offering. So help help our audience understand when when a company says they're going to go do that, why are they doing that? Why are they getting into that? What exactly? Sure. Why would they why would that be important? Yeah, let's let's first talk just a little bit about cryptocurrencies just so that people kind of I, I you know because there's not a, it's still a mystery to a lot of people and, and I'll <laughs> exactly. confess that that when my when my friend called me up it was a total mystery for me as well. She 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 started telling me about the project and all this stuff and it was just kind of flying over my head for a while. But I've my whole life I've been pretty good at making hard things complicated things easy to understand. And, you know, my first reaction was, well, this is just monopoly money, <laughs> right. you know, you know, and I think that's the natural reaction that almost everybody has. This is play money that somebody's in, pulled out of their pocket. And, you know, when you really start digging into it and you start understanding, you realize that all money is monopoly money. There's no difference. I mean, you know, the U.S. dollar is only valuable because we all believe it's valuable. There's no intrinsic value in the paper. There's it's there's no gold bar in Fort Knox waiting to be exchanged. <laughs> right. it, you know, it, it it's just a concept. And cryptocurrencies are just another concept. It's just another way of creating money uh, using mathematical algorithms instead of a centralized, you know, Federal Reserve Board doing it, which is, you know, has a there there, there are pluses and minuses, but the, the honest to God truth is that cryptocurrencies have value because people believe they have value and they're willing to buy them and sell them on, on, on the market. And as long as that's the case, then they'll they'll continue to have value. And so whenever somebody, a project says they're going to do an ICO or a security token offering now is more sort of the what, what's more uh, fashionable now, or there's a lot of different ways to talk about this. Basically, what they're saying is that they are going to create a new cryptocurrency. And by the way, there are thousands of them out there. They're, it's not just Bitcoin and, and, a, and a few more. They say they're going to create a new currency. They're going to offer this currency to people to purchase on the market. And they're going to use the funds that they get from selling that cryptocurrency to finance their the development of their project. 
So it's a very unique and way of bringing resources to the table so that they can get a project off the ground without, you know, without having to go the traditional way of or asking a bank for a loan or, you know, trying to go to, to VC, you know, to, to venture capital, which, by the way, in 2017, blockchain fundraising worldwide raised more money than venture capital. Whoa. So there's all right. So there's thousands of these cryptocurrencies, and I know I, I know we're going a little off script, but that's say that's part of the fun of, fun of this. There's thousands of them out there. How I've always struggled with. I mean, I get the concept; it has value because people believe it has value, right? I 100 on board with that. But how do you get enough people to believe that these thousands of digitally created currencies have value? It it seems. It, it seems a little bit too amorphous for me. I, I don't, not sure I understand <laughs> how it, you know, I mean, if there's thousands of, them, if there was one yeah. or two, okay, I get it. But, but there's thousands of them and hey, I can create another one. So where, you know, how, how is, how are people, is it a marketing challenge to get people to buy into? It is definitely a marketing challenge. I mean, that's why, you know, I, I always, uh, we'll probably talk about this in, in the conversation. It's always about the story you're telling. It's always about the, your ability to not only tell a compelling story that gets people excited, but it actually convinces them that uh, not only do you have the story and not only do you have the technical ability to hopefully make that story a reality, but you also have the, the business sense and the, and the common sense to, to how to build a project that will be sustainable and, make a, and, and actually reach the goal. So uh, it's it, it's very similar to a, a crowdfunding uh, project. You know, your your the idea is that you want to, uh, you know, uh, if you want to sell a new backpack on Kickstarter, well, how do you do that? You convince people that you've got a, a unique design, you've got a unique materials, you've got unique story that backs you up, and you go out and you say, hey, do you believe in this story? Give me some money. And that was that's basically the mechanics of an ICO. And you know, like I said, in 2017, it was a, it was crazy. It was, I mean, everybody, their grandmother, their uncle Tom were doing an ICO. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, uh, there were a lot of projects out there that were raising money and they, and they really weren't, they weren't prepared to deliver and they probably weren't prepared to raise that kind of money yet either. And that caused a, a pretty big contraction as well. Well, I was going to say it's, it's volatile, right? I've, I mean, I've watched, uh, the, I don't even remember if it was Bitcoin or another, but I've watched the, um, you know, the value, the perceived value of it go up yeah, and down yeah, and you yeah. send, you hear the reports, you know, Hey, 50% of the value of this just yeah. disappeared. And if you're selling essentially a story, a belief in a story, then if you can't deliver, then that value, the value seems highly risky to me. Is it, maybe I just have the wrong perspective. Well, let's see. Yeah, I mean, you know, think about it this way. Venture capital is very much a gentleman's club. It's very much, in, you know, it's it's very much a who do you know, who who recommends you, you know, have you, you know, who what projects have you been on in the past, and you know, if you kind of have the 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 right cards in your hand, you can navigate that path and and get funded. But there are an amazing number of really smart people out there that don't have the cards. 
they don't know the right people. They're not in the right places. They're not in San Francisco. They're not, uh, you know, nobody knows who they are. And all they are is, you know, maybe somebody brilliant with a great idea, maybe a, a, a small team. And it's really hard. So, uh, you know, it's true that that ICOs and, and raising money with blockchain is a is a really valid way to, to get over those obstacles. But it's equally true what you're saying. I mean, cryptocurrencies are extremely volatile. You know, that's not where you should put your your retirement money. Uh, that's <laughs> not where you should, you know, that you shouldn't be risking next month's rent on, you know, is Bitcoin going up or down? The only thing you can be sure of it is, yes, it's going up or down. <laughs> it is going to move. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's about the only thing you can say. I can see that. I can definitely see the advantage of of providing access to to like you said those people that don't have the ins into the VC communities for ways to fund their ideas and and make it more accessible for a larger group of people to bring new and creative things to market, and that's a huge advantage. You know, you have to do your own risk calculations on 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 whether or not it's you know it outweighs the risk. But what when you look at the tech today, the blockchain or cryptocurrency, what are some of the challenges aside from the understanding of it, the general understanding of it? What are some of the largest challenges you see with the tech? Yeah, right now, and that's actually why I wrote the book, uh, "Behold the Cryptopreneurs," is because for me, after after this wild ride we've had, and and having seen so many projects from the inside out, you know, I really started thinking, and and the the real challenges are entrepreneurial challenges. They are projects where uh, you they're focused exclusively on a very obscure tech idea and they have no idea how to manage their team. They have no idea how to manage their money. They have no idea how to, you know, build uh, the structure that a company needs in order to succeed. You know, you you know, as well as I do, it's not just product and it's not just, you know, look at McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't make awesome hamburgers. They're okay. (laughs) But, you know, I, I challenge almost anybody to build a business as successful as McDonald's has been. Right. right. And uh, that is what's sorely lacking in the industry right now. It needs projects that are solving real problems for real people. And it needs it needs serious you know, entrepreneurial skills in these projects so that they can succeed, because too many of them are failing for for reasons that aren't. You know, sure, there have been some cases where people have taken the money and they've, they've ended up on a beach in Belize, you know. And, <laughs> and, I, and, and I guess that happens kind of. I mean, that could happen in, in the industry. But, but what's even worse are people that had good intentions, that really wanted to make things happen, and then they, they just weren't capable because they didn't know. You know, they, they started fighting with their partners and they started, you know, trying to think, oh, wow, now I have all this money, I must be Warren Buffett, and I have to figure out how to invest it and make it grow. And and all of these additional things that have gone wrong on the insides of some of these projects. And, you know, I think the time now is to it's amazing, marvelous technology and start really applying it to, to real problems, you know, problems with, uh, with voting for democracy, problems with healthcare, problems with you know, social media and all the, the you know, the, the ups and downs we're seeing with Facebook and Twitter and all of this right now. There's so many real problems out there that, that this technology can, can help with. And it can also help with small companies. It can, you know, you can, it doesn't necessarily need to be for huge, you know, corporations. It is, it's a, an amazing technology for all sorts of projects. 
It's, it is definitely extremely robust, at least from what I, I know of it and the way that it could be applied. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody got on the wave. It felt like everybody's like, Oh, I'm going to do an ICO. I'm going to, I'm going to become a crypto billionaire and all of that. You know, that, that fervor that reminds me of Shakespeare, a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. Right. But the, the challenge is <laughs> now, a lot of that, yeah. right. Right. And, and so the, the challenge now is we know that it's volatile. We know that it's an evolving space and yet you still decided to become an investor in the space. So help me understand that, like help walk me through that. What, what was it that you see and, and how do you evaluate the companies or the projects or the, the things that you get involved with, you know, so that you're reducing your own risk as an investor. Walk me through that. Sure. Well, uh, you know, uh, to be honest, I'm really, really picky. Uh, we're really picky <laughs> Which about. Probably good. We're, yeah, we're really picky about the clients we take on. We're really picky about where we put our money as well. It's like any other proposition. You have to do your homework. You have to understand. You know, the first thing I would say is don't invest in a project you don't understand. Don't you know if you if it, if it doesn't make sense, it probably just doesn't make sense. <laughs> And, you know, I've seen a lot of people that have just, you know, they, uh, their eyes glaze over. They hear somebody talk, you know, if somebody's talking to you about the, the ROI you're going to get, you could probably, yeah, that's, that's for me as a red flag because nobody knows, you know, nobody knows the nobody has the crystal ball. You wouldn't, you know, if, if somebody came up to you and said, I'm going to guarantee you 50% return on investment in the stock market, and I, you know, I'll sign on the dollar line. I mean, that would probably put your ears standing up, right? You'd say, Ooh, what's going on? How can this guy be promising me this? And why the hell would he do it if he's, if he could just put his own money in there and make it double every two months, right? So, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But if you understand and you do your homework and you, and you, you know, you, you do a little bit of research and you, and you, you know, you're careful, then yeah, there is a lot of money to be made. And there's uh, you know, I was looking uh, yesterday, right now, there's over 200, almost 230 billion U.S. dollars in, in digital assets right now that are trading out there. And where are you looking? Where are you? Where are you finding that information? I I wouldn't even know where to go look. Yeah, there's a there's a the, I mean the number one site to look is Coin Market Cap. It will tell you all. You, that's where all of the the tokens are listed. That's where their prices are. It connects to all the exchanges and it gives you statistics and all sorts of good okay. stuff. Okay, so. right. excellent, excellent. And so, and one of the things as we were prepping for this that I noticed um, in in some of the information you sent is that you believe blockchains at a fundamental crossroads. So, why do you say that? Yeah, I believe it's that way because I think it's, you know, it, it's at a point where we cannot be focused just on the, the trading and the financial speculative side of the, of the industry, you know, and, and it's, and it's that, that can't be the focus. You know, if you look at any market, look at any commodity, I mean, look at soybeans, right? Sure, there's a, a market for soybeans and there's traded and there's, you know, the price goes up and it goes down and there's experts on trading soybean futures and all of that. But in the end, they're still growing soybeans. <laughs> you know, you, you, they, they, they exist. They're still producing something in the real world that has value. And it's really important that this industry really start delivering on its promises to actually deliver real value so that the trading aspect becomes like any other market. It's got to be auxiliary. You know, the purpose of buying cryptocurrency has to be because you the, the underlying project that's, that that cryptocurrency is associated with is producing real value. 
And if it's not, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta really question things. Well, I think it, it almost has it built in where, it, you know, if it, a lot of people just focus on dollars, right? On, on any money. They just focus on the money mm-hmm. itself. It sounds to me, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, with blockchain, it fundamentally, you should be looking at the outcome rather than the currency itself. It's more about what, yeah, is that, what is that going to do rather than just collecting the coin. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. If you were going to buy Apple stock, you would want to know if they're building new iPhones. You'd want to know if they're, you know, what's the new, the new, the new MacBook going to look like? What is the, what's the product roadmap looking like? What is, you know, how is it doing? How's marketing going for, for, for Apple? You would look at all these things before you would buy Apple stock, not just the charts, not just saying, sure, there are people that trade day traders, whatever you want. They're looking at the, at the, at the stock market and maybe they make their decisions that way. But I think most of us want to know that there's a real company there that's doing something that's producing, you know, changing the world. And I really think that this technology has that potential. And I think it's now's the moment that these projects have to really start doing that and showing that they can. And when that happens, instead of being this sort of little group of 30 million people in the world that maybe that's stretching it probably, it'll be, you know, then the other 7.7 billion people will start taking notice. And that's when the value will go up amazingly. Okay. Okay. And so what about CEOs in the space that are, when we kind of touched on it a little bit, right? It's, it's not just about the idea. It has to be about really building a business that, that makes sense. It seems to me a lot of the blockchain CEOs are, uh, I'm trying to be yeah. as correct as possible, but let's just say um, perhaps lacking in experience. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, the other day, and I, and sometimes I like to be a little bit uh, aggressive with my LinkedIn posts, but I did a post and I said, I don't think, I think the only, the single human being alive today who has mo- damaged the most human progress of humanity is Mark Zuckerberg. And it has nothing to do with Facebook. And I called it the Zuckerberg paradox. And it's the idea, it's the mythology now that we've all bought into that a 22-year-old in a hoodie with kind of dreamy-looking eyes is going to be the savior of every industry and is going to disrupt every industry and is going to build every, uh, you know, the, every amazing company from now on. And it's just not true. I mean, and hats off to Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, Facebook is, 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 is an immense, you know, company. He's done amazing things. You know, we can talk about the good and the bad, but, you know, nobody can question that, it was true in his case, but that doesn't make the mythology true. That doesn't mean that every, you know, young 24 year old is going to change, you know, humanity. And, you know, we need, we need people with a little bit of gray hair. We need people that understand, <laughs> you know, uh, the, 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 how to build a business in this industry, especially, which is very technology. It's very kind of, it, it is hard to understand in the beginning. We need that even more. We need people with experience, with entrepreneurial experience. And uh, yeah, that's kind of why uh, there's a chapter of that in my book uh, dedicated <laughs> to, to precisely the crypto geezers that we need. Crypto geezers. I love it. Well, I mean, it, there's, there's a level of experience that I think, I mean, look, the Zuckerberg story makes for a great movie. Right. And, and, and again, you said it doesn't, we don't take anything away from what you accomplished, but I like this concept of, you know, it's not about the mythology doesn't mean it's repeatable. 
right? <laughs> exactly. We don't, yeah. we don't want everybody to think that just because you got a hoodie or just because you got a good idea means you have all the skill sets necessary to pull off creating the foundation necessary for a truly uh, impressive company, one that will stand the test of time, one that will scale, one that will go through all of the challenges that companies have. And I understand, I understand the need for the experience. I wonder though, if in blockchain, because the technology is not yet, and may, may, this may be my single perspective, but because the technology is not as well understood, that perhaps those with experience are sometimes a little bit more skeptical and not as aggressive as going into the market? Or is that not necessarily the case? I, I think you're probably right, but I think it's changing. And I think that, you know, as, as, more, as more people focus, because this industry has received a lot of uh, spotlight in the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, for, for lots of reasons, some of them good, some of them not so good. People are, you know, there are a lot of uh, experienced people really thinking through, you know, how can we use this in supply chain management? How can we use this to improve maintenance for aircraft parts and aircraft? You know, there, there are so many different real world applications that, yes, there, there are solid entrepreneurs in the space now and there will be more. But, it, you know, that's why that's what this is. You know, that's what we need. That's what needs to happen. And can you give us an example of a company that you've seen that's doing it from your perspective in, in the right way? Oh, you know, there, there are a lot of companies out there. You know, I, it's, it's hard to single out one or two. I mean, I could talk to you. There's a company that we work with. It's called BlockPal. They're just, you know, they're, they're, they're working it. They're doing it the right way. They're, they're building, they're building real world relationships with real world customers. They're, uh, they're building the infrastructure. They're, they're focused on solving a problem. And that for me is a good example, you know, but I mean, there's so many more, there, there are lots of, you know, fortunately I get to talk to a lot of projects. Uh, most, most of them, you know, don't maybe, you know, we, we turn them away, but uh, it's fun to see that the people, that the ideas people have and the way they're focusing it. And it's just a matter of time. You know, this isn't something that's going away. Okay. Excellent. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. I ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. And the first is simply as a CEO, that means you're often a prospect for sales professionals. <laughs> and I'm always curious to learn when somebody doesn't have a relationship, you know, we talked about the VCs and not having uh, the cards, the, the network to get them. So if somebody doesn't have a relationship or a referral into you, what is the most effective way for you, for someone to capture your attention and earn the right to save 15, 20 minutes on your calendar? What works the best from your perspective? Well, I would say two things. One, do a little bit of homework. So don't cold pitch me with the exact same cold email you've sent to everybody else. <laughs> right. And the other thing is make it about me and not about you. You know, I, I, you're right. I get pitched every day for ever, you know, and so many of them are all about, this is who I am. This is what our company is. This is what we do. Oh, and you want to talk to me? You know, well, <laughs> right. no, why would I, you know, well, you know, you've only told me about you. I mean, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you. And I'm sure you're, you're, you're enormously successful, but if it's not about me, why would I care about talking to you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Last question. We call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing, one piece of advice you could give to sales, marketing services, people, just one piece of advice that if they listened, you believe it would help them hit their targets or crush their, exceed their goals. What would it be and why? Tell good stories. 
It's all about the story. It's all about, you know, I see it so many times every day. Don't get hung up on the plumbing of how you market. Don't get hung up on the plumbing of, you know, how how you get the message out there. Sure, it's important, but it's it's the story. It's the words on the page. If you don't have, if, if that's not right, it doesn't, all the rest won't work. So tell me a story that makes me laugh. Tell me a story that makes me worry. You know, get under my skin. Make me mad. I don't care, but <sighs> cause some cause some emotion and I will pay attention to you. If you are sending another bland, you know, even if you're using the best tech in the world, you've got the best CRM, you've got the best email marketing platform, the best retargeting campaign, all of that is, is, is great. And it will go completely ignored by, by every moment unless you have a good story. I love it. I love it. It's all about it's all about the human connection and the stories are the stories are easy the easiest way to do it. Mastering the ability to tell a story though is a bit of a challenge for, for many, especially when they rely too much <laughs> on the tech. But I love it. Excellent. So Dennis, if somebody wants to talk more about these topics with you, if they want to get the book, if they want to learn more about Greenlight, where do you want us to send them? Do you prefer they go to the website, so, hit you on LinkedIn? What what works best for you? So I'm on LinkedIn, Dennis H. Lewis. I'm on Twitter, Dennis H. Lewis. Uh, anybody interested in getting the book, it's on Amazon. It's called Behold the Cryptopreneurs. You can go to cryptopreneurs.club and grab the first four chapters for free. So that's cryptopreneurs.club. And yeah, just uh, happy to, to, to talk with people. Awesome. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. This has been great having you on the show. Oh, it's been fun. I'm, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. You know the drill. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, families, and coworkers. Leave us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.